On today's show, I'll break down why Christian Yelich is a underrated trade target the Mets should be after this offseason. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I'm going to explain why a Christian Yelich trade is something the Mets should try to explore this offseason. In the first segment, I want to go through the contract that Yelich is on and why the Brewers would love to get off it and would be motivated to get off it. In the second segment, we'll talk about some of the great pitchers the Mets could try to poach in a type of deal like this one. Then in the final segment, we'll bring it all back around to Yelich and I'll explain why his contract on the Mets books wouldn't look as bad and he actually could be a real asset to them in 2024. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor, and where I wrote an article today titled, Why the New York Mets Should Trade for Christian Yelich, which we're going to be talking about on the show today, because I think it actually makes a lot of sense. So I'll tell you the genesis of this entire idea. I did you know, a, a podcast talking about some trades in early offseason. I did mention this, but the other day, for whatever reason, I'm on YouTube, and my algorithm pulls up a video, and that was the press conference from when Christian Yelich signed his extension with the Milwaukee Brewers, which I think the reported number came out that it was over $200 million. It was really a $188.5 million extension. And basically it tacked on to his previous deal with the Marlins that they inherited in that great trade they made. Now, the deal that he signed with the Marlins was, I mean, a heist, okay? Less than $50 million, like 49 and change. To get Christian Yelich, it was a seven-year deal, right? So they had him under contract. And Christian Yelich goes there. He's amazing. He wins an MVP in his first season with the Brewers in 2018. 2019, he hits 44 home runs. Look at that two-year span. Christian Yelich hit 327. He got on base at a 415 clip. He had a 631 slugging percentage and a 170 WRC+. plus. Now, WRC+, plus is weighted runs created plus, measuring hitters on a league average of 100. That 170 WRC plus was 70% better than your league average hitter. He hit 80 home runs across those two years. That trailed only Mike Trout and Eugenio Suarez. And his wins above replacement of 14.9 because he had two seven-win seasons was the best mark in baseball outside of Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Alex Bregman because Bregman had a crazy year. I think that was, what, 2019 with with, uh, the Astros where he he went – bananas but regardless when it comes to Yelich he was on this amazing run and so he approached the Brewers about an extension I learned all this you know at greater length from watching this video and as I'm watching this video it really just connects for me because there's a couple things for one you see our new president of baseball operations Mets fans David Stearns first person that speaks glowing about this incredible baseball player that is just 
you know, led their franchise to places that they haven't gone so long and how you know, incredible he has been in the clubhouse, in the community. What an amazing person he is. So for one, it, you know, lights, you know, the bulb in my head be like, oh yeah, I, I think David Stearns, despite the performance of Yelich over the last couple of years, probably still likes the guy. I, I would just venture to guess because in this press conference, obviously honeymoon phase, he loved him, right? But you hear the timeline of this extension. And Yelich came to the Brewers, right? Halloween of uh, 2019, right? And he asked for an extension, went up to the owner personally, at uh, Mark Atanasio. He asked him for an extension, right? Now, they don't sign that extension until March of 2020, which is, I mean, foreshadowing doom, right? March 2020, what happened? So right before the pandemic, they signed the contract. Yelich got that money just in time. And, you know, in this press conference, uh, you hear Atanasio just rave about him. But also, he talks about the hurdles. Stearns talks about the hurdles, how much they're appreciative of Yelich's agent for getting this done. The reason I bring all this up is because it took five months to get a guy that was an MVP and then a runner-up for an MVP to, you know, get a contract hammered out for him. Because that is how difficult it is for the Brewers to take on a contract with the one they gave to Christian Yelich. They don't do this. And the more you look at the contract, the more you watch the video, the more you think about all of it, you realize that contract is a albatross weighing that franchise down right now, which is an opportunity for the New York Mets. Okay? Let me lay it out even further. So they deferred money in the deal. Deferrals. We love that now, right, Otani? $28 million deferred. All of that means that his luxury tax, especially when you tacked on the two years, because they kept the two years of the original deal, which, by the way, would have ran up after the 2021 season when decline was showing for Yelich at that point. Didn't have the best 2020, and then 2021 wasn't great either. Okay, So he starts getting paid extension money after it's kind of clear, oh, might be a little bit, you know, the, the MVP days might be past him. But, okay, at the time, they don't let that money kick in. and They didn't even give him a signing bonus. It doesn't kick in until after the 2021 season. What happens then? Well, 2020, they have Lorenzo Cain and Ryan Braun in their books, $16 million apiece. And then 2021, Cain's still in the books. So they conveniently waited until those guys were off the books until Yelich could get paid. Now, you look at his contract currently, and not actually his contract, you look at the latest contract given out. The Jackson Churio, the top prospect, got the 80 plus million dollar deal, right? When does he start getting paid in that deal? 2029. What's interesting about 2029? That's when Yelich has a club option for $20 million with a, I think it's a six and a half million dollar buyout. That's when they can get out of the deal. Then they can start paying Churio because this is a franchise that basically can only afford one eight figure salary on their books or at most two. And they certainly struggle to afford a $20 million player when he hasn't been playing up to that level. $23.88 million is what his luxury tax hit is. And actually, let me pull up with the... Because luxury tax hit is what matters to the Mets, but that's not what matters to uh, the you know, fine folks over there in Milwaukee. It's what is he getting paid each year. So yeah, the, his base salary, which kills them, is the $26 million. Adjusted salary with the deferrals is $22 million. So $22 million 
is what they're paying him each year. That's what the Mets would have to pay him, the luxury tax hit. When you factor in the deferred money, the total money in the deal, that's where you get to the $23.88 million. Now, Gelch has not been great. Okay, and we'll get to that more in the final segment. But I will say, look, last four years, he's hit 254, 362 on base. On base is still good. Slug, though, 407, 54 home runs, a 112 WRC+. plus. He's not playing at that level anymore. And in the last three years, he's hit 42 home runs. He had 44 home runs in 2019, the juice ball year. So more home runs that year than the last three full seasons combined. So I lay all of this out to mention the fact that this is the perfect opportunity for David Stearns to get a player he's very familiar with and to take advantage of a situation where Steve Cohen's money could buy you a pitcher. Because what the Brewers have a lot of is pitching and pitching that could be on the market. And that's what we're going to be talking about next year because there's three names. There's Corbin Burns, there's Freddie Peralta, and there's Devin Williams. And if you can get any of those three pitchers in a deal with Christian Yelich, it could actually be the exact trade the Mets should be making this offseason. I'll break that down a little bit further next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. They got the NFL season right now winding down, college football playoffs. The NBA games playing every night, right? So you can look at, say you're going to watch a Lakers game, and you could take LeBron James, bet on over his points, over his assists, and money line the Lakers. Or if you're a Knicks fan, you know, you can bet on Jalen Brunson, uh, you know, points, assists, whatever it is. Parlay those things, and you can juice up your odds. And also remember, any of these games, if you feel really good, you place that $5 money line bet, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. So if you want to play, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you don't want to miss out on any of your latest Mets news, make sure you become a Locked On Mets insider. It's our texting service where I can send you updates anytime anything breaks as it relates to the New York Mets or if I have a hot take or there's some update on the show, I can send it out to all you listeners. It would be great to get to know some of the everyday listeners a little bit better, so I appreciate all of you who subscribe. You can find a link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. Now, here's where this deal gets good. And again, we'll circle back to Yelich. I actually think Yelich does bring some value to the Mets, but I want to you know, whet your appetite first with what you'd be getting. The Mets need pitching, and this is not the market to get it in free agency. Obviously, they're all in Yoshinobu Yamamoto, but we have no idea what's going to happen there. Met with the Phillies today, I believe. Still has to see the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. There are some Red Sox people say, oh, they don't have a chance. The Phillies people say they don't have a chance, and then they're still meeting with them, and then you never know, and... Oh, the Yankees are favorites. The Dodgers are favorites. The Mets are favorites. The Mets are underdogs. We can't read into any of these things. But what we do know is that they strike out there. It's Jordan Montgomery. We saw something today about 
Uh, he wants Carlos Rodon money, six years, 162 mil. Maybe you go for that. I don't know. Blake Snell, there's obviously the qualifying offer there. There's concerns there. Bottom line, really tough to get pitching on this market. Jack Flaherty just got $14 million. All of a sudden, Luis Severino doesn't look that expensive, okay? And Tyler Malley got $22 million on a two-year deal coming off Tommy John. So, again, it's not the market to be buying in free agency, but the Mets have to get pitching. This would be the chance to get pitching. And there's three top-tier pitchers you could possibly get in a deal like this. The first one to just mention is Corbin Burns, but I don't think it's a likely fit. Obviously, you love to have Corbin Burns. Perennial Cy Young candidate. You can make an argument he is you know, the best pitcher in baseball over the past couple of years, just consistently. He's definitely a top five pitcher, no doubt about that. I don't think the Brewers are going to trade him, for one. I think their plan right now is start the season, try to be competitive, see what happens, and then honestly get to the deadline. You're out of the race. You can sell it to your fans more that you're trading the guy. And you also have the ability to trade Cy Young at the deadline, and that can work out well for a team. You know, we saw what the Mets did with a couple of old aces this past year. Imagine what you can do with an ace in his prime. So that's, I think, where they're going. I don't think they want to water down that trade asset with Christian Yelich. And I don't think the Mets want to trade for a guy with one year of control because they've said they don't want to do that. So while they'd have five years of control on Yelich, They'd rather just wait for Corbin Burns. Like, why take on Yelich's salary to pay Burns when you can just wait to pay Burns, right? So it gets down to the other two. And to me, Freddie Peralta is the one that's the most interesting. And when I did you know, briefly talk about this trade um, you know, earlier this offseason, that was the one that I liked. It was Peralta and Yelich. And I love the idea of getting Freddie Peralta because he makes almost no money. Okay, David Stern signed to an amazing pre-arb extension. He makes you know over $5 million this year, and then he has two $8 million club options. You can make an argument he's on the best contract for a pitcher in baseball right now, or, or at least you know in the, uh, the top tier. I'd have to look at all of them, but you're not going to find many pitchers who are as productive as Freddie Peralta at that dollar amount. Look at his last three years, 2021, 2.81 ERA, 144 in the third innings pitched. 2022, dealt with some injuries, only pitched 78 innings, was still very effective, 3.58 ERA. This past year, he made all 30 starts, 165 and two-third innings pitched, 3.86 ERA. His expected ERA was 3.35. His expected fielding independent pitching was 3.42. Bottom line, that just says he's even better than his ERA suggests. He struck out 210 batters in those 165 and two-third innings. That's 11.41 strikeouts per nine for his career. His strikeout percentage is 31.1%. That means nasty stuff from a starting pitcher. That's 27 years old. You got him on that dollar amount for three years. That is an unbelievable asset to your starting rotation. Now, the Brewers might not want to trade Freddie Peralta. Okay, He's a cost-controlled pitcher that could help them contend for the next couple of years. So in some respects, they might want to keep him. But again, getting Yelich off their books would be such a godsend to that franchise that I think they'd consider it. You'd have to give some prospects to get Peralta. They probably don't want to water down their best trade asset. At the same time, I don't think he's on the table in other trades. I think this is a specific instance 
where if the Mets say, hey, we're going to take Yelich off your hands. David Stearns calls up the owner, you know, just just bypasses Matt Arnold, goes straight to the owner and says, hey, you know, I'll talk to Matt, but I'm just curious. Steve's willing to take on Yelich. We, we want some pitching, but I know how much you love Christian, but I know that salary's like, you know, is that something that you'd be willing to do? And then he lets you know, Mark Tanasio do the work for him, talking to Matt Arnold, get this done, get this guy off my books. And then you start, you know, with the trade. But I think that to get Yelich out of there for them, what that means for their franchise, even for Matt Arnold, the restraint it's putting on him to do his job, he might be open to it. Now, again, to get Peralta, you're going to have to give something. You might have to give a blue chip prospect. You might have to give up one of those guys that you don't really want to. But if you were just to trade for Freddie Peralta, you'd probably have to give up two or three of those guys that you don't want to, right? So that's the give and take here. I don't know if the Brewers would do it, but if you could pull that off, and let's just say you only have to give up one of Luis Angel Acuna, Jet Williams, or Drew Gilbert. And, you know, outside of that, it's filling in pieces for a package. And you could get a pitcher of Freddie Peralta that, again, on the market should cost two, three blue chip guys at least. Man, that would be a home run. And that's why you would do a trade like this. It'd be complicated, you know. And, you know, the thing is, too, the Brewers, our team is still trying to contend. So there's some pieces that might be valuable to them, you know. Like they might want Omar Nervais back. To have a you know backup catcher that they're familiar with. Who knows? You know, they have uh was it Trevor McGill? They might want Tyler. I don't know, but not to say that that alone with the top prospect is gonna get Freddie Peralta. I'm just saying once you get the headlining piece over that they like, that the money's the big part of it, then all of a sudden you start lengthening out a package. And both teams in a really weird offseason can start to fill each other's needs, very similar to what the Padres and Yankees did for Juan Soto. So that's the trade I'd love. To a lesser extent, getting Devin Williams would be great too. Now, Devin Williams is one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. He saved 36 games last year. His ERA was in the 1.5s. Let me check it. It was 1.53. His career ERA is 1.89. His career strikeout rate is 39%. If you can shorten games with Devin Williams and Edwin Diaz, that'd be a pretty nice conclusion to all this. And if it's a relief pitcher who has two years of control, at that point, the prospect return a lot more minimal. Then I don't think you have to give up any of the guys that really hurt. I mean, yeah, maybe you're throwing in a Kevin Parada in a trade. Maybe they're willing to wait out Ronnie Mauricio on a torn ACL. They want him. Whatever it is, it's a little bit further down than those top three guys that you know. I think the Mets are trying to hold with a clenched fist right now. But I think you can actually swing a deal there where you're not giving up quite as much because you're just getting a relief pitcher, not a starter. Does it help the Mets' overall offseason goals entirely? No. But again, if they can shorten games with Devin Williams and Edwin Diaz, it, it would be a way to sort of circumvent what may end up being a lack of starting pitching to be competitive, not only this year, but then you carry Devin Williams over for the 2025 season as well. There is multiple years of control there. Getting the pitcher is what makes this worth it. But then the question is, is Yelich an albatross or could the Mets find a lot of function of having him on the roster? 
Let me give you a spoiler. I'll get into it at more length in the next segment. I wouldn't be pitching this trade if I hated Christian Yelich. I actually think he could be exactly what the Mets need in the outfield. I'll explain why next. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of all the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Is Christian Yelich washed? Which you're all wondering, right? I know this feels too eerily similar to the Robinson Cano Edwin Diaz trade. It's like, ah, oh, let's we just got off the bad money. Let's not bring more bad money on the books. And I get it, but this is not an apples to apples situation. Sure, there's some similarities. You got a player who has a relationship with the lead executive. David Starzin Yelich, there's a relationship there before Brody Van Wagen Robinson Cano. Difference, Cano was coming off a steroid suspension. He was 36 years old. Yelich won't turn 36 until the end of this deal. He's 32 now, just turned 32 years old this month. Last year, he was good. Okay, He had a four-win season. He had 278. He got on base at a 370 clip. He had a 447 slug. He hit 19 home runs. He drove in 76. He scored over 100. He stole 28 bases. He's still one of the best base runners in the game. And he was... Not too bad defensively. He was he had a really bad year defensively in 2022 this past year. Closer to league average. Put him in left field, he's not going to hurt you. Bottom line with that. And he's still one of the best just plate discipline guys in baseball. Has been his entire career. Walk rate, always over 10% for his career. 12%. Strikeout rate, 21.8% for his career this past year was 22.2%, so he doesn't strike out a ton. It's right in line with what he's done throughout his career. And you look back to a career that goes all the way back to 2013. This guy's never finished with an on-base percentage below 355. He is a good hitter. He's a good leader. Stick him in left field. I think he'd be solid out there. And, yes, it's five years. Do I think he's going to be an all-star again? Probably not. He might have one more all-star season in him. Last year was was fairly close. But I think what he could give you is two more seasons like he just had this past year. Four win seasons. Maybe two more two to two and a half win seasons. And there's probably one year in there where injuries catch up to him and it's not great. But you look at the last two years for a guy in his 30s. I mean, he hasn't missed a ton of games. Last year, you know, he played 144. And that's, you know, some selective rest on him, right? Uh, And the year before that, I played 154. And he started to DH a little bit. The Mets could continue that, get him off his feet. But if you think about how he'd fit on this current team, that'd be one of the better bats they have in the lineup. Okay, if you had him setting the table with Brandon Nemo, yeah, they're missing some run producers, but it would not be bad. And and Yelich would produce some runs himself, honestly. But I think he'd be... A really good number two hitter behind Nimmo. To give you a much better starter next to Nimmo than Starling Marte or DJ Stewart is right now. And again, the real carrot is you're getting 
either a really great setup man or Freddie Peralta. And honestly, if I really was sitting in David Stern's seat and I was going to take on this money, I'd probably dig my heels in and, and pretty much demand Freddie Peralta, honestly. Um, as great as Devin Williams is, it is still a relief pitcher and it's still two years of control. And you're taking the burden that you are lifting from that Brewers franchise, and you know how they operate more than anyone else. So you know the favor you're doing them. Eventually, you're looking at the eye and say, listen, you guys need this. And I think you could, because it's such a unique situation where you could, again, just make everyone's life easier there. They don't give out contracts like this. They don't. It's like Ryan Braun, Lorenzo Kane, Yelich. And those guys were, again, $16 million a year compared to $22 million. Plus deferred money. If you're taking the deferred money on too, getting that off their books, you're you know wiping the deck with you know 17 years of paying this guy because it's 12 years of deferrals on the 28 million. And yeah, you say, oh, it's it's an albatross of money for the Mets. It's really not. I mean, 23.8 million. It's a sizable salary, but it's not a backbreaker. And again, if you could tell me that for three of those five years, you're getting Freddie Peralta at that discounted rate where you have a starting pitcher, where starting pitching, I mean, think about it again. Jack Flaherty cost $14 million. This guy's going to cost, you know, was it five and a half? I think it might be 5.35. Let me look at the exact number this year. Just so you can, you can calculate the difference. This year, it's five and a half. Okay, so... And not to mention, by the way, luxury tax this year, $3.1 million. And then as luxury tax, it goes up to $8 million the following two years with those club options. But so let's just say Freddie Peralta is actually worth $25 million. So this year, you'd be paying $27.5 for Peralta and Yelich. The following year, you'd be paying 30, or the next two years, you'd pay $30 million for those two guys when Peralta alone on the open market would be close to it. That's where it's worth it. If you could grab Freddie Peralta with Christian Yelich, and again, you'd be doing the Brewers a huge solid. But Yelich would help the Mets too. I don't think he's just a dead contract on your books. I think he's a really good player still. He's a smart player. I think he'd be good in that locker room. And I think he's a winning ball player still. I really do. I think there's a reason why you know, the the Brewers were as good as they were last year. Look at the lineup that they had. Like Yelich was still outside of maybe you know William Contreras, the best hitter on that team, and overall was still probably the most productive player. So, and again, it's a team that won a division. I think it actually makes a ton of sense. Do I think a deal gets done? Probably not. I don't know if the first thing Stearns wants to do is take on you know what, in retrospect, was a bad contract that he gave out because, you know, again, you could have kept him on the Marlins deal and, and not paid him this. But here's one last note that I have on this before I close. Jung Hu Lee just got $113 million. Yes, he's 25 years old. Yelich is owed $116.5. One uh, less year than you're getting with Lee. He got a six-year deal. But are we that sure that Jung Hu Lee is going to be more productive than Christian Yelich for the next five years? Because KBO hitters have not always translated. Not to say that Yelich is worth that money. I just don't know if Lee's going to be worth that money either. My point is, 
it's not like the contract is that awful. It's awful for the Brewers, but for the Mets, it would actually not be too bad, especially, again, if you get a cost-controlled starter for three years. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, let me know if I convinced you in the comment section. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Also, it'd be nice if we got some news. And if we do get any news over the weekend, I'll be sure to give you guys another show. I might even make up for the lost show um, this week and do a show on homegrown Mets. I've been promising that one. Uh, had it recorded before. I might have to retune it a little bit. So, um, you know, we we, uh, we might do that on Saturday. We'll see what happens. But as always, thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review so you don't miss any shows. Make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, follow me on X at Finkelstein. Ryan, follow the show at Locked on Mets. And if you want to be a Locked on Mets insider, you can find a link in the episode description. Or go to subtext.com. That's Locked on Mets. And that's Joe with the show. Check out Locked on Sports Today, the 24-7 streaming channel. On YouTube, that Locked On has launched that covers everything going on in the sports world. You can find it again, Locked On Sports today.